So this is permanence. Love shattered pride. What was once innocence? Gareth finished the sentence, turned on its side, and switched off the radio. Joy division, what else? He took a long breath, and the ice that had taken over the entire room suddenly melted. Alistair let out a mewing call, the kind that means empty plate, provide please. Gareth smiled and walked towards the fridge, carrying out that daily routine without the same loving devotion as every other time, almost mechanically. Alistair noticed it, but the scent of the tuna with asparagus just poured into his porcelain bowl made him desist from any form of protest. Sitting on the sofa with Mr. Francis's diaries beside him, Gareth couldn't seem to shake off the dust of the village theatre. He hated the idea of not being able to get to the bottom of that desperate case. Everyone else would have locked it away in the FBI archive once and for all. In his heart, he knew he had to move forward and try to put together a few more pieces of the Pat and Cassandra puzzle. At any cost, really, at any cost. He drank the wine. The aftertaste of it seemed harsher than it should be, and he smiled. There is no need to change the bottle. Here, we just need to change the drinker. And he poured another glass. Letting himself sink onto the couch, it occurred to him that maybe, emphasizing the maybe, he should involve Cassandra in this additional investigation, if for nothing else, for all the supernatural reasons in the world. If two years ago someone had told him that he would find himself living with some kind of superhero, he would have laughed at the creativity of the bullshit. But if they had told him that he would fall in love with her, then he would have had a heart attack. Love cannot be explained. There's no way to explain the bullshit you do in the grip of those atavistic sensations. The same ones that distort all five senses and make you feel at the mercy 
of the other person's breathing. Two years ago, he would have defined it as an absurd and cumbersome waste of time and energy. But two years ago, he wasn't born. Two years ago, Cassandra didn't exist. When she walks past him, something flickers inside him. She's educated, clever, and quick thinking, an intellect, fun, wild, never stops. She's a great cook, but it is like she is handing out a forensic report for the cuisine police. She knows every little detail about every single ingredient. She is chaotic and terrible on the bongos. She always gets lost, mainly because she is Gary Kasparov playing five chess matches at the same time. Her sex moves are good though. Her patience is like a pyromaniac in a forest fire. She is always laughing with that criminal glint in her eyes. She is Dorothy Parker, always on hyper alert. Wit and laughter are her walking sticks. She is elegant and old school glamour. She loves trashy culture. She's Liberace on steroids. She is bossy. She is Miss Marples on crack. She is spontaneous wildfire. She is Andy Warhol on cocaine. She is always right and never wrong. She lives in a fast lane. She's a good driver, but drives with the focus and ferocity of Ted Bundy. She never gets in the way of my work, except that is when she takes over or she does her dance moves when I am trying to concentrate. I hate her desert walk dance. Her moonwalk is woeful too. Is anyone home? Gareth jumped a little and put the half-empty glass back on the table. Of all Cassandra's superpowers, timing impressed him the most. And also, never hearing her Fiat 500 arrive. How beautiful she was that afternoon, with her usual princess-like gait, preceded by a cloud of perfume and shopping bags. I'll make you some lasagna, what do you think? She asked him, placing the groceries on the kitchen table, 
but not before giving Alistair Crowley a caress. Gareth joined her. He kissed her neck. She immediately turned to kiss him on his lips. Love cannot be explained, but who cares, he thought, and he walked out of the kitchen to get the bottle of wine and share it with her. Cassandra smiled. She was enthusiastic. She loved the idea of drinking something good before she gave him a speech. That of her idea to investigate the case, together with Amy. Should she do it before or after Lasagna? After, no doubt. And she started cooking, while the stereo in the living room was filling the air with Jungian sweetness. Gareth, who is now prey to thoughts of any Aristotelian category, felt that the right thing to do, the right thing for himself and for Cassandra, was to exploit the complicity they had, the trust they gained despite the jokes of the universe. So, faced with the delicious lasagna with meat sauce that she had just taken out of the oven, he decided to speak the truth. She poured him more wine, then put a generous portion of lasagna on his plate. So he began. Today was a rather special day at work. She smiled at him, but before he could say anything else, she took a breath and she confessed in one go. This afternoon, I met Amy and Pat and then Pat left and Amy and I decided to continue to investigate Mr. Francis's death and we will do it his way because she doesn't trust it too much but I feel it's the right thing to do and I want you to know why I love you so much. Wow. A punch in the face would have stunned him less but a punch in the face would have surprised him more. Gareth looked into Cassandra's eyes, those big black eyes that were now seeking oxygen. What have I told you? I don't want you to get in trouble. Cassandra smiled, this time like a cat that had stung a small lizard in the garden. But you're not going to tell me, are you? Gareth dug his fork into the lasagna. No, I won't tell you anything for now, except that I decided to reopen the case. Cassandra watched him chew slowly. She anxiously waited for him to say something else. Some more details any further information, 
Instead, Gareth was silently enjoying her lasagna with visible satisfaction. He now seemed nothing but a little lizard. Do you want to make me worry all evening? She capitulated, dropping the fork onto a plate. Eat my darling, we'll have a long night. Sex, do you think about sex at a time like this? Well yes, actually, we always think about it. Gareth gave her one of the best looks in his detective repertoire. I have Mr. Francis's diaries. Maybe you'd like to read them with me. Cassandra's face lit up. She ran to hug him. This is the only plausible alternative to sex. Nevertheless, she whispered, starting to unbutton his pants, and the stereo played Elton John's Honky Cat. <laughs>